Race one, um, thoughts here, Magnetic Terror, Andy Gath, Kate Gath, former Kiwi, Lip Reader has a great resume from uh, Tasmania, had a couple of runs here. What did you make of it? I thought there were some place bets more than win bets here, Dan. Sure. Um, I'm not sure if I got the right order, but I, I've narrowed it down to, to key chances in, in Lip Reader, definitely. It's a good race for Lip Reader. It comes out of a strong race, good performance the start before. Hasn't won for a while, but has raced against uh, Tassie's best for a while. That that form stands up, I think, for a race like this. There's some nice horses coming through the classes. Clearly, Magnetic Terror is one we've got to keep an eye on. It's short enough. Uh, trialled at Melton earlier on in the week. Um, look, been most consistent in its career to date. Hasn't got much gate speed from what I've seen, but it mightn't have to. It just might uh, hold a spot, lob forward. Looks tough enough, sit sprinting type. Uh, certainly strong enough, the 2200 suits first up. But um, Magic Mike, Hurricane Hustler is the other one going really well. And we've seen him in a similar race and perform really well. And then the, then I had fringe players like a, a Foolish Pleasure and, and also a Ghost of Time because Ghost of Time looks the leader, uh, has got the gate speed to cross. Just depends on how much pressure he might cop in the run. But I, I've put Lip Reader on top, uh, Jace, um, from Magnetic Terror. Uh, I can't go out on a limb and just tip Magnetic Terror because I haven't seen enough of him. Uh, I've seen enough of his uh, racing in New Zealand to know that he's going to be suited over here and uh, you only have to look at his rating um, to know that he, he's ideally placed uh, and he can absolutely win this race, but I don't think you're going to get much value about him. Magic Mike, so consistent, and, and Hurricane Hustler, 12, 6, 11, 10 of my top four, and I could easily have left out something that uh, has got a far better chance that I haven't necessarily identified yet. Well, we are almost in Patico, so 6, 12, 11, and 10. Swap the top two, and I reckon if you're happy to take a small margin... Have a place bet on Magic Mike at three thirty and Hurricane Hustler at th- Hurricane Hustler at three dollars, and you will come out on top, I believe, because one of the two should run top Has three. Place, yeah, yeah, like, like this is where the value lies because we they're overs, aren't they? Well, I, I mean, I, I actually were looking at these prices for the first time in that race, and um, even the win prices about both of those uh, Hurricane Hustler and Magic Mike they're they're uh, they're well over what I would have considered. And particularly the place, I think you've identified something there. You've got me going now. Well, I mean, there's two ways of going about it. You can have them both a place, small margin, or one by five, two by five, whatever you like. Magic Mike, I've got a head of Hurricane Hustler, as do you, and it is $15.330, and this horse has been flying. I actually think the second row draw is not an imposition, so... Um, I'll be taking the small margin, but you do as you please. Is that ugly Dave Gray or Jay Bon? Get better from Steve. Um, I don't have a cigar or any glasses. Race two. Um, Roadmaster is shorter than I expected. Rosanna Rebel has been backed, but had to be. $5 was, oh, I think, overs now into $3.80. Captain Hammerhead, $2.60. Rock and roll gig, $15. Thoughts? Please, Dan. Yeah, look, first of all, Roadmaster, uh, much shorter than I'd anticipated. Um, I think Captain Hammerhead's a nice horse, and I think uh, Rosanna Rebel is very much underrated. He, he's a very nice horse. So they're the two that we've seen in town perform well, uh, and they're the two that I've uh, uh, I've looked at. 
So, um, Roadmaster. Is that one I, of the actually, pups in the background? Yeah, no, I've got one of my doggies just uh, <laughs> wagging a tail on the floor when I mentioned um, when I mentioned Rosanna Rebel. Well, so I think winner. that was the it, thumbs up. That's a winner. Yeah. Hey. That's I think that's the way to go. I, I, I've told people before they do the form for me, whenever I pick something that they don't like, they let me know. So, um, yeah, I, I think we've seen enough of those to know that they're pretty handy horses. Uh, what you see is what you get, WYSIWYG. Um, Roadmaster, I'm not sure. I've, I've seen his last couple of wins without being there in the flesh. And um, look, he's obviously going really well this preparation because his three runs have been much better than his previous prep, which makes sense. But I still thought it was a big step up in class. Mm. Um, I, I'm, look, flip of the coin for me, Captain Hemmerhead, Rosanna Rebel. Uh, then I've put in Rock, uh, no, sorry, I put in Thomas Royal. Now, th- this is one horse that is really putting it together as well. I think if you're going to like Roadmaster at $2.60 and you've seen Thomas Royal the way it's been going of late, much improved, but its form's holding up pretty well. I could entertain it at $23. And the one that you said was Rock and Roll Gig, so mm. um, as well to round out my, uh, my chances here. So uh, my tips are five, six, seven and and three i felt confident captain hammerhead and rosanna rebel were the right two uh, i suspected 260 unless i'm missing something roadmaster has to drift out oh it already has started and it will continue six five eight and three for me it can be deceptive sometimes um when one horse gets a good run one's back in the field but rosanna rebel looks like a genuinely serious horse to me and Greg Sugar's in the card again. Terry Howard next to the name against Matt Craven, David Moran. Sometimes you get better odds than you should. Rosanna Rebel is a good horse. So mm. I've got it on top. Um, didn't get the $5, but it's now gone into 340 as we speak. So six, five, eight, and 3, I think Roadmaster's too short. And Rock and Roll Gig, no place dividend available at the moment, but... I reckon if you back Rosanna Rebel to win and a rock and roll gig to place, maybe a same race multi, you can do that in some avenues. Um, that might be the way to The first of the features, the Elder Baron Park Vic Bread Platinum Homegrown Classic final for the three-year-old trotting Colts and Geldings. We might just set the scene here before mm-hmm. the news. Um, these are always, always hard races. And the group one status which is necessary and has been, has been removed, but they're still very good races. I'm having a good time. The favourite at $1.65, is that the right price? Uh, look, at, I couldn't back it. Um, I'm not sure it is the right price, but I can't come up with a strong enough argument for the horse that's going to beat I'm having a good time. I think it comes down to uh, experience, um, utilisation of the barrier draw, all those little things that add up. Um, with horses that have had so little experience. Um, Chris Lang next to I'm Having a Good Time's name, positive. Horse can improve significantly after having one start, and I suspect that will be the case here. Um, I'm not going, um, making too many surprises. One, uh, I'm Having a Good Time. Seven, Shaq the Anvil was tough last start. It's going to have to be again. Five, Kai Valley Anthony with race experience and going well enough. And I, I reckon Maori's return, even though uh, I'm Having a Good Time had the measure of it last start, it's still showing enough to, uh, to, if it does everything right, it's a good chance of running into that top four, top three spot and represent a bit of each way value. So uh, without great confidence, one, seven, five and two. 
We're almost in alignment today, Dan. One, seven, two, and five. And I made Maori's return. And I know people get upset about it, but it is my heritage. Maori's return, uh, the place at Tootles 80, Ray Harvey, the love bug, Jimmy Herbertson. It might get into a beautiful spot here. And you do not want, I think as you've alluded to, Dan, you do not want to be backing in these races dollar sixty five shots to yeah. you. Because it was a great debut by I'm having a good time, but there's no guarantees again, is there? No, and not at a dollar sixty five. Maybe it'll get out um and the place is the way to go, Maori's return. Um but Look, the one horse might have a bit of a future, but I think we're putting the cart before the horse, which is odd in a race where the cart's actually behind the horse. Homegrown Classic, three-year-old Phillies final. Really interesting. It does look a match race between She's a Wish and Kai Valley Amanda. Which one are you going for, Dan? I think even though uh, one's drawn six, the other's drawn seven, the advantage is with She's a Witch drawn six. Uh, I think there's uh, quite a talented uh, filly here, comes into this race, look, ideally placed, uh, has had the one run back. Uh, look, admittedly, it was from a softish gate, but it was the perfect return. Um, we've seen her right at the start thrown in the deep end against the, the Breeders' Crown fillies, perform well, make the final, uh, and then win her next two. So she's clearly a, a very progressive filly. She's got a lot of ability, and she's had that run back. Um, I think uh, the only danger is Kai Valley Amanda, um, perhaps with Elder Baron Brook in the mix, but she's a wish is professional. She's still on the upward spiral, and I think she'll get to some pretty good heights. So six on top of seven. Kyvelli Amanda's very good. Um, nine, Elder Baron Brook, needs to put it all together, but is heading in the right direction. And and Focus caught the eye last start, and from the from the good gate, it might be one. Is there a place price for it? $2.50. nothing spectacular at the moment at $2.50, but I'd say on the way that uh, she returned first up and found the line from a peg line drawer uh, is a must to have in for your trifectas and first fours to give a bit of value. But in a way, um, She's a Wish was uh, was a clear top pick. I think she'll get shorter, which means Kyvalli Amanda will get out to perhaps a more attractive price. Six, seven, nine and one. I've gone six, seven, nine and four. And I would offer up Silver Spoon potentially at $4.80 the drum as uh, a little bit of value for your exotics or a straight out place um, wager. Neil Pangrazio, hasn't he like hasn't he done a wonderful job over the years with these trotters? Oh, amazing job. Uh, yeah, he has done an amazing job. It, it keeps producing really nice horses that can get to a good level, whether he's training them or he, he sent them to someone else. But uh, yeah, great uh, breeding operation, racing operation. And um, I think he, it's a ch- he might have his best one here. Now, uh, I know uh, Milo, Miles Fitzner likes to talk about it as well, but it is a, um, a special subject of mine is SP Profile. So when we're looking at that last matchup, 2.10 versus $1.60, but she's a wish one on its merits, and they flipped around. Is there any part of you that goes, oh, well, now, now the other one's value, or do you look at that race and just say, I, I saw what I saw? Oh, look, I think so. Look, both were coming off breaks, um, so they had improvement to come. Uh, so that's one thing you've got to keep in mind. They had softer draws last time. I think that's important that they've had the run back, considering they've drawn gate six and seven, because I'll probably have to 
do a little bit to get across. Uh, but having said that, they'll probably have respect from a lot of the other rivals that wouldn't want to be game enough to keep them out. So who would get to the pegs first out of uh, the six and the seven? Or if indeed would one not get there? If, if one of them does and the other doesn't, well, it's a massive advantage for the one that does. Well, drawing inside always helps. Now, firstly, at the quaddy tab, Captain Sandy Free for All. Um, I've already penned the article for the Herald Sun tomorrow. And it, it, as we get deeper into autumn and then winter, we will get different types of open class races at Melton Park. But there's too many good horses hanging around at the back end. So nobody wants to take on Bulletproof Boys, Supreme Dominator, Tango Tara, AG's White Sox, Triple Eight. It is, well, it does seem critical that Gregory Ross Sugars has chosen to stick with Triple Eight. But it's a, it's a confusing one. Whenever you get these small fields in high-quality races, they are confusing, aren't they, Dan? Oh, my word, they are. I, I find them really challenging. Um, you're right. And, and the you know what? If Greg had a driven AG's White Sox, I probably would probably. Tip, tipped it. Yeah. You know, I, I was actually hanging on which one Greg was going to tip and, and uh, sorry, to drive. And, and, and as a result was the way I'd go. I, yeah. Uh, if if there was no driver on either, um, I would have gone AG's White Sox. Me too. I really think he stepped it up at the moment. Um, whereas Triple uh, Eight, we know, is a Group One recent place getter. He's got that recent win as well. I mean, his form is excellent. Two older horses, and they must be thriving there. Um, we might have to go and have a holiday down there. It seems like anything that's got a bit of age on them seems to be rejuvenated, <laughs> don't they? So it might be a good stay for Need for it. at least me. Maybe in a no, few years' no, time for you I'm, as well. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll go with you right now, actually, Dan. Yeah. Uh, so look, I I agree with you. I've been swayed by Greg driving Triple Eight. Um, I've gone five, six, two, and four. Um, Supreme Dominate is the one that I've been underwhelmed by. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Uh, he, he was disappointing, I think, two starts ago, but I was willing to forgive him because his first up run was so good. Now, last start, he he, he was poor. Um, and look, maybe, and he had a good gait, remember. So um i've left him out here uh, knowing that he is more than capable of improving but I, I just i just thought he was well below where i thought he would be it's a tricky race a five six two and four for me um i don't like leaving supreme dominator out because he could still win the race field of six and you probably have to throw five in um to the first leg of the quaddy uh, like Captain, I suspect, would need the run. Is a quick beginner, though. Are we underestimating it, or do you reckon just a round out a field of six, it was better than a trial for the Captain? Well, we're going to learn more. I never rated the horse, and then it started to show something, and then you rated a bit more and a bit more, but this is, this is another level. I, I'll tell you the horse has got to be over the odds. Uh, my numbers are five, four, six, and two. Bulletproof boy... Was enor Australia's most lovable horse and yeah. was enormous in the stampede. And the $8.50, I'm not saying it wins, but surely that's that's not right. When you compare the run of Bulletproof Boy to AG's White Sox in that race, and, and both of us, uh, I think, have clearly intimated, not just intimated, um, declared that we would have tipped AG's White Sox over Triple Eight, the favourite, if mm. Greg was driving it. Bulletproof boy has got to be over, doesn't it, Dan? He, he always is, uh, isn't it? It's he? amazing. Um, 
it's is a point away from being double figures and that that is in itself as a head scratcher because most of his wins are when he is double figures so he's at just about the right price well he's a perfect price to if you like triple eight or or ad's white socks to and you back it um bulletproof boy is the perfect price to have that secondary bet you know that just in case bet in case you win at ten dollars, I need to be on you. Yeah. Um, and I reckon every time he goes around, or at least every time he wins, uh, he he should be everyone's secondary bet, or everyone's kicking, or most people are kicking themselves because they haven't had a little investment on him uh, at the at the price, which is generally over the odds. Race six, uh, Peter Jackson menswear trot, and I'll be wearing it tonight at Achuca. Shawnee the favourite, dollar ninety five. We know it's got a lot of ability. Um, Gareth called uh, the pole marker C. Patrick. Sir Patrick might be the name. Baltica at $8, one of my favourites. Shawnee's very, very good. I don't know if I get back at $1.95. I will be tipping it. Thoughts, please, Dan. There's one horse that stands out here for me, and the fact that the odds that is available suggest each way special. Uh, Class-wise... Baltic has got yeah. lengths on these. Yeah. There's yeah. a couple of progressives. Yeah. So Patrick from a better gate and Shawnee, obviously a very nice horse. She needed that run last week. She looked like she was going to get through into third at the 100 and then I reckon she peaked on her run. She's going to improve again from the run, but she drops significantly in class here. Um, I, I think she's a terrific each way bet. Number six, she's my best each way of the night, Baltica. Number six, Shawnee, very hard to beat, obviously. Uh, Sir Patrick from the good gate. And that's key for it, the good gate. Uh, it's it's at its peak fitness-wise now. Um, and the other one I had in the mix was, is a Robin Me Mates. A mm. horse that's got ability, but, you know, it's a bit Jekyll and Hyde-like. Haven't quite worked it out. It's got a bit of gate speed. Um, and I, I want to have it in the mix because when it wins, it can win impressively. So it's the other one. But I'm I'm actually very keen on Baltica each way here. It, I didn't get the $13 when it opened up. I don't know if anyone did, but uh, even at $8, I've, I've, I've rated her. Do you want me to tell you what price I've rated her? It'd be $3 something, I reckon. Yeah, $3.50. Mm. Oh, like... I feel like you've um, you've gone and done with my girlfriend here. Um, <laughs> I just love Baltica. I, to be honest, the trial was so impressive. I may have, well, I did. I expected too much. First up from a break, and um, you know, you spoke last week about the fact that fresh up trotters maybe you can go with more than paces. But I tell you what, she was more than solid. She's very, very good, Baltica. Mm. Um, I've got a second pick, but I I hear everything you're saying and I concur completely. I've gone Shawnee on top because I'm a coward. Lily livered in yellow. Um, but I'm Baltica is clearly the bet in the race. Sir Patrick is a really, really nice horse. There's no doubt about it. And and well backed as well. Six fifty into three eighty. Shawnee's one eighty out to dollar ninety five and we'll start I think two thirty maybe. Um so you might just want to watch markets here. And Ebony's Avenger it goes in the mix as well. And you've got Robin Me Mates in. So you can work around those tips. But $8.210 is the way to go. And the $13, I reckon some people might have got the nine fifty, But I don't know that anybody got the $13. I know that Yams from Perth um, got the $5 about Rosanna Rebel. So 
It's always lovely to know that somebody did. Race 7 is the feature square gating event on the program. There's something about Mouldy Trotters Free For All. And <laughs> I love her. And clearly we heard from Brent Lilly that there might have been some hiccups um, prior to that dominant last start win from Queen Elida. <laughs> and I'm going to tip her. But 160 her, $3 I'm ready jet. Something that makes me feel a bit weird about that, Dan. Uh, yeah, look, when I first looked at the fields, it just stood out to me. I thought on what I saw, um, Queen Elida had to win. Naturally, I'm ready jet at her best. Uh, would be a terrific chance, but is she going as well as she can? I, I, I don't think she is. But if when I, I look at her form, I think, well, it's still hard to knock, isn't it? So why am I being so picky? Four, four um, start. Four, this is the thing. I, I agree with you. Four starts back, beats Majestic Man. Uh, two starts back, second to Just Believe, Group One level, and then Elder Barons is third. She isn't going as well as she can, but. Yeah, I, like we know how good she is. I, 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 I think we both believe Queen Elida is better, but I'm ready. Jet was the dance craze of this little era, and it's, it's just. I thought they'd be closer to the market. I, I was hoping to back Queen Elida at two dollars or two twenty, but that's not going to happen. Oh, well, good luck with that. That that, that I'm. I, I've come to a point of acceptance, seven <laughs> stages of grief, and um, I'm aware it's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm with you. If anything, she she could shorten up a little bit more. I'm ready, Jet, is is tight enough. I mean, if she's got in... Look, she'll get to the pegs, won't she? I'm ready, Jet. And so uh, I would imagine she would head off black and gold, would probably be used up enough early, even if Sleepy headed her off. But there within might be that early battle between I'm ready, Jet, Sleepy. I'm ready, Jet keeps out Sleepy. Um, and look, she might be advantaged to you, I'm ready, Jet, and particularly coming off, well, it's only been a few weeks between runs, but maybe the trip away with the mare, I mean, she only has to improve two lengths to be closer to the best I'm ready, Jet, rather than what we've seen over the last couple of starts, and she gets a barrier draw advantage as well. I mean, I can make a case of why she should improve, but just on what I've seen recently, I have to go with Queen Elida, so, and I have six... Two, Sleepy obviously been going uh, so consistently. Distance is a big factor for Sleepy though. Um, she's much better over the shorter trip. So the, the trip might see her out, but I, I couldn't find anything else that I could put into the top three. Electrojet was much better last start. If she runs up to that, she can. She might be the one that can get into second, third or fourth, or, or more likely third or fourth. So my number's six, two, three and nine. And, and good to see Inner Dominion winners, two-time pacing Inner Dominion winner, Captain Sandy, honoured, as he often is at this time every year. And something about Maori, who won the... Uh, trotting into Dominion in 2004 and, and pretty much got the monkey off uh, Brian Healy's back. I think for a long time he, he'd been living with the defeat of, of the great Maori's idol in the Inter-Dominion final of 1978. Um, and I found Brian uh, to be a completely different person once something about Maori was able to break through and uh, got to know him pretty well. And, uh, yeah, that was a major moment for him. But she was a wonderful producer as well as a great racehorse. And this is the last leg of the... Uh, Karen Manning, uh, triple crown for the mares. What a woman she is. Uh, is, that, is that really true? So it was, it was a, a coiled up ball of energy just needing to get that, that big win for Brian. 
Oh, look, I think deep down I've had conversations with him about that. And, yeah, it's um, he lived with uh, that for a long period of time, blaming himself for the defeat of Maori's Idol and probably one of the most recognised, memorable uh, races of all time. And for such a great horse, he was often remembered for that defeat. Um, and then to come along as a trainer as well, uh, this time around, with something about Maori, um, without a doubt, no, it, it stood highly special. He was able to take them out to New Zealand. That's where I got to know Brian really well. Got along terrific with him and his family. And uh, there's no doubt um, he'd opened up. Maybe that happens as you get older anyway. But um, absolutely, uh, it was... Uh, it was a goal um, that had been tapping away at him for some time to win it in Dominion, and, and it doesn't bring back the fact that Mary's Idol got beaten as a short price favourite in 1978, but he's got that Inter Dominion trophy. He probably should have two of them, but yeah, that was uh, no doubt. That would that would have been his most special moment in harness racing when something about Maori won that Inter Dominion trotting grand final in 2004, I've which gone... is amazing considering Mary's Idol <laughs> would be considered... I know some people that consider Mary's Idol as the greatest racehorse of either code they've yeah, ever seen. so do I. I mean, yeah. I can't comment, but yes, I've I've heard that more than once, more than twice, more than thrice. I've gone six, two, three, and nine. I have been sick for Queen Elida for a long period of time and seeing her do what she did last start, again, um, against her own gender, but it was the Queen Elida that I've always believed, well, not always, actually, Nikita Ross <laughs> was the first to jump on, um, and then I just rode shotgun after that. But for a long time, I believed she's genuinely special. I'll tell you, before we go to the news, and I don't, I hope you won't mind me saying this, but Andy Galino is another individual you know, you watch people when they're watching races, trainers when they're watching races. And for a long time, Anton was a ball of nervous energy. And it feels like a few big wins and breaking through and, um, and, and getting some really good horses, he's calmed down. And you love to see it because I know there's a lot of pressure being a trainer or a driver, but when you get these horses to the big races – you want to be able to enjoy it, don't you? Oh, you have to, don't you? You have to. I, I guess there's an element of pressure that comes with it at times, but once you know that you, and trust yourself that you're doing the right thing, I think you can enjoy it. Yeah, no, no doubt about that because you've got confidence in your own ability and that of the horses that you're sending to the racetrack, um, for sure. Some do it in different ways, Um but uh, we're talking an organisation here. The way Anton pre yeah. presents his horses, um, I, I don't mean this disrespectfully to anyone else there uh, because the harness crew, they love their horses, present them so well. But gee whiz, if you want to look at a stable and how they present their horses uh, and want to match them, uh, the Anton and his team, the horses that they pre present, they're, they're just impeccable. There's no doubt. And whether you're Kieran Maher or Chris Waller or... Jason Thompson, the Greyhounds, or whoever you are, I think it's a beautiful moment where you can let go as a trainer and say, I've done everything that I can. If we win, we win. And if we don't, we don't. And I reckon Anton's there. Race eight <laughs> is the final leg of the quaddy tomorrow night at Melton Park. And Kafaji is a natural favourite, has been mm. a drifter. 
It's an interesting race. I'll tell you what, Give It A Try has been, well, heavily backed. I There were elements of what I saw last start that I didn't love. Yeah. But he's, well, the $14 was overs, the eight fifties was overs, and even $7 and two. I, I haven't got to give it a try on top, but I'm thinking it's the each way bet in the race, Dan. Look, I was disappointed with his run last week, uh, disappointed with it because he, he loomed as if he was going to win and then he just, he, look, he might have just needed that, that second up run. It might be as simple as that. I, I just thought he was there um, and had momentum to go on with it. Um, for, when he opened that price, fourteen dollars, I agree, way over the odds. I was probably looking away from him, but um, they get out to a certain price. I think I, even I rated him five dollars. So mm. clearly, he was way over that, which makes him look attractive. I've tipped Kafaji, but first up, you know, there's always that little bit of a query for me. Uh, I just couldn't find the horse that I was confident enough to be tipping each way to beat Kafaji. So. And, and I think Kafaji does find a really good race. If this race was at Ballarat on a Friday or Kilmore on a Thursday, uh, I would have no hesitation in thinking that Kafaji mm. uh, is clearly the horse to beat. I just see them at metropolitan level um, and uh, in a metropolitan class race and, and see that it's a little bit harder for them. Um, but he has got the right race. So I think Kafaji can win, albeit he'll have some improvement in him and he still might be vulnerable. Ruben's plight gets a good gait up in class, but I think he's showing he's going to mix it in this class on his last start run. Give it a try. I'll give it a chance again. Um, he, uh, he He's too good to ignore on what I thought was a plane run last week, but I'm, I wouldn't be backing him, but I don't want to exclude him of being a winning chance either. And um, and Celestio Matuka, who's, gee, you're talking about horses in the two-hard basket, mm. where does he fit in? Um, he should have a much better record than what he's got. He looked like he was destined to be consistently in Group 1 races. Um, even his last couple of starts, he can pull apart. Um, yet you know he's capable. So I've got him in the mix in, in a challenging race, trying to find something else at, at, at odds that, that maybe is worth including, and I just can't get enough confidence to do that. So nine on top of one, ten, and four. I've gone nine, ten, three, and one. Here's a question, Kefaji. So very early doors, uh, rumours swirling that he might have been the best of the juveniles for Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin. It didn't work out that way. This breed, out of Trebler Trebler, get better as they get older. Is there a chance that he will turn out to be a proper good horse down the track, or have we seen enough? I reckon he started off like he was going to be that, and then he he looked like he, he plateaued, and then he found his mojo again. And mm. his performances through last preparation were akin to his probably early part of his three-year-old and, and two-year-old career. So um, He'd have to get – he'd, he'd have to get, like, significantly better to, to be a proper good horse, though, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think so, particularly when you look at the other horses that Emma and Clayton train. Um, but, you know, his performances around Catch a Wave, he's the son of a gun, interest-free, Captain Ravishing, Major Terry, Perry. They're as good as you can get. So um, he's probably two to three lengths, maybe a fraction more behind those horses. But I think he'll make Group 1 races. So if he comes in as a rating, whatever he's got at the moment, uh, he'll be much better than that. He'd probably be a good Country Cups horse he, this time mm. next year. I reckon that would be the aim, at Country Cups as opposed to Hunter Cups. 
Yeah, I'd probably agree. The, the, the bet in the race might be for mine, got to smudge a play. So 9, 10, 3 and 1, Ruben's plight – at the interviews that I did last week, um, Jack Law wanted to hold it out. Um, Gregory uh, Sugars wasn't – he was non-committal even if they found the front what they do. He's $5 and he comes out of a rating 57 to 81 race and got a smudge, was off the second line and wasn't terrible behind Montana Storm in a 58 to 87. Now, Matty Craven's not the – not the guy you look at and say, well, he's driving this one and Greg's driving another one. That means that this one's better. But got a smudge, he's 11 and 260, and the previous form was pretty solid. So I'm thinking a place there maybe um, and give it a try each way. If Kafaji comes out and blows them away, I'll actually be relatively happy because I've had an opinion from very early doors, I'm with you. I asked the question, can he get to the next level? I don't know. But I do know that breed get better as they get older. Whether he can go to the next level, we don't know. But if he can come out and uh, blow these away uh, in an up to 81 race, maybe we can start thinking it's possible. Final race in the card is the ninth at Allied Express Pace. Imperial's reason is a dollar thirty, And one suspects... As long as it does everything right, a dollar thirty might be overs, Dan. I wouldn't be afraid to put it in my all ups, particularly being the last race of the night at a dollar thirty. You can nearly guarantee it'll get shorter than that. It, it was one of the better things beaten I've seen for a while last start. Um, anyway, rub salt in the wound for yep. those that that had it that night or quaddies and the like. But um, she's a really progressive mare now. Um, we've seen enough of her to know she's pretty good. That that win uh, two starts ago. Um, she's beaten um, Shayella, uh, trounced her, and then Shayella's come out and won the next two weeks in a row very impressively. I don't think you could have better form line through the mares than, uh, than that at the moment. She has to win. Um, three Gypsy Princess going well, four Heavenly Charm. She's going really well. I think there's a win in her. I don't think it's um, tomorrow night, though. And then and Blood Moon's going well. She, she can even though I was disappointed a little bit in her run last week, she can still chase well enough. But I think Imperial's reason is going to be a Group One mare in her uh, current form. If she was in a Group One race now, I know that she would run really well. And mares can be when they hold their form, they can look like that. And if they go out of form, you know they probably wouldn't win a maiden uh, anywhere. But she's pretty good. She's very good, and she's too good for these. How good can she be? Because, again, you talk about Shyella, and I've got a, we all know, I've got a massive opinion of Shyella. Um, should have won last start by an enormous margin, has broken 155 over the middle trip a couple of times. And this Imperial's reason could well be going around in the best mare's races going around, surely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally agree with you. And and still, for the handful of runs that, She's had with uh, the uh, uh, the Emma Stewart stable as well. They're probably still learning her, uh, learning about her, and uh, and I think that's a positive thing. So she's still on the upward spiral. Um, and really, it, the funny thing is, if she had of one last start, she'd probably be a dollar eighteen right now. Uh, and the fact that she got beaten but shouldn't have a dollar thirty. I don't often say, but a dollar thirty actually looks attractive. <laughs> it really, really does. I might ask you about the year. Uh... In a six-horse field, because Casta Semenya 
has been ruled out and rocking with Sierra is uh, a non-runner. So we're down to a field of six. She's a class above. And again, gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858 if you have a problem. But if you're having your multis, the dollar thirty, I would take it now. I've gone six, three, seven, and one. And part of the reason I've got the pole marker in for fourth, the very, very first gig, even when I was not employed by Harness Racing Victoria, was a Harness Racer article with Brad Aylett and Elixir, who is a wonderful mare, who's the uh, the mother and dam of a better way to do it. And I'll tell you what, I knew from that moment, in fact, I already knew, Dan, but I knew going up there and how welcoming and amazing they were with me after a 43-hour train ride, um, not driving, that this was the life that I wanted to live. Like, uh, Elixir was terrific, Brad Aylett, terrific, and I learned that very moment. Harness racing people are just, they're incredible people, aren't they? Oh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, no, no doubt uh, at all. And um, I, I feel guilty sometimes when we just single out one or two people because I feel it's the whole industry uh, that way. They love their horses. They love their horses being talked about. Um, you know, particularly the, the the part timers and those that those that aren't full time. What they put into the industry. Well, they they keep it going. If it wasn't for uh, the part timers in harness racing, this industry wouldn't exist. And that is why we have to keep them in the game. And um, hopefully work's being done in that respect. Best bets. Now, you teased us a little bit early down that you uh, found some value. So it's probably, no, I don't know, I don't see it as not where you want to declare too many, but what are your best bets and where's the value? Yeah, well, the best bets are not necessarily value, but it might be a decent all-up, and that's She's a Wish, race four, number six, mm-hmm. into uh, Queen Elida, race seven, number six. And even if you wanted to string it out, at Imperial's Reason, race yeah. nine, number six. But they're all uh, short enough. They're all in the red, but they, they stood out to me, um, those three. So race four, number six, race seven, number six, race nine, number six. Might be the number of the beast, 666. <laughs> and add on top of that, my best each way for the night is race six, number six. It's getting scary now. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm actually watching, uh, started watching a new series on SBS On Demand, which is where I find the best series, called Devils. So it all might align. Um, my best, I don't want to be playing in those homegrown uh, classic finals too much. I think that, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Boltzka, is probably one of the best value bets in the program. Queen Alida should be winning. It's very short, but it should be winning. Um, I think give it a try is each way value. At Imperial's reason is an absolute moral. We're winding up, but we've got Darren Ebert on the line, and there are some big sales at Redcliffe on Sunday. How are you, Darren? Yeah. Have a good day, Darren. Yep, yeah, you there? Yes, mate. Um... Redcliffe, in fact, Racing Queensland in general, but Redcliffe have done an amazing job over the past few years with their um, very special races. Um, what are you expecting from Sunday? Yeah, yeah. Uh, next Sunday it is. It's the uh, Redcliffe Ewing sales. We, we're tipping to have a good sale. Uh, there's plenty of uh, horses to go under the hammer and plenty of horses there for genuine sale uh, to be eligible for the Group 1 race, race series. And it is like... 
I've been there at Redcliffe for those uh, those big races, and it's a huge opportunity. The problem is um, the breed and the stock on sale is going to be more and more. Well, it's actually a good problem for you, but there's going to be more and more coming. It's not going to be that niche situation where you try and sneak one through, is there? Because there's going to be people coming for the – look, the sires on offer and the stock on offer is going to be outstanding. Yeah, that's right. There's uh, all the leading sires and, and also the leading local sires available there. It's grown bigger and bigger over the last 16 years and um, this sale, the catalogue's probably one of our best ever to be put on paper. You're not, you're not allowed to say which one you've isolated as the bigger than they do. Yeah, well, I've got, got my eye on a couple there. <laughs> it is amazing these days, though. Having been to the sales a few times recently, I mean, the information is so good that the problem is everyone seems to find the top few and they, they all know, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, the beauty about yearling sales is it's kind of like everyone's got their own opinion on what, and that's what uh, makes it unique is um, everyone, everyone sort of does like a bit of a, a different horse as well or it's out of their price range or they think it's out of their price range and, yeah, that's what makes the whole sale tick over. Well, it's your job, Darren, to buck the trend. There's been a little bit of a drop in the yearling sales, but I'll tell you what, you're the auctioneer, you're running the show. Make it happen for us, please. Yeah, we'll do. We'll show them how it's really done. There's Darren Ebert, um, Redcliffe Sales, next Sunday, Sunday week. Make sure if you're in Queensland, you can do it anywhere these days. Get involved. 57 entries there. Huge size. Betters to light. American Ideal. Sun Beach somewhere. Sweet Lou. Rock and Roll Heaven. Always be Mickey. Sports Rider. Betting Line. And many, many more. That's been the Friday Form Panel. Arrivederci.